I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. On today's show, we are talking all about the liminal space in between shadow work and moving forward with your life. So we talk all about how to create your own witch's toolbox and journaling points that you may want to carry out to see if they can help you move forward. This is purely based on the process and the work that I did following on from shadow work, and it may be of help to you. But to kick things off today, we have our book review. I've cheated again this week and brought onto the show a fictional witchcraft book I've just finished. Reason being, I've read a few witchcraft non-fiction books, and they just haven't cut the mustard to make it onto the show. However, this book definitely needs to come on it is fantastic. So on today's episode, I bring you a review of A Secret History of Witches written by Louisa Morgan. So here in the UK, we are coming into autumn. I like at this time to immerse myself, like many people, into a lot of witchy fictional books. And this book does not disappoint. It's hefty but worthwhile and the way it is written is so cosy and beautiful. It is absolutely one of those books to sit by the fire, reading by candlelight and I found myself in another world reading it. I will read you the opening paragraph just to give you an idea of how well the author sets the scene. The description is everything in this book. 1821. The layered clouds, grey as cold charcoal, shifted this way and that, mirroring the waves below. They obscured both stars and moon and darkened the beach and the lane running alongside. Beyond the lane, in the field of standing stones, a handful of caravans circled a small fire. Firelight glimmered on the uneasy faces of the people gathered there and reflected in the eyes of their restive horses. The invisible sea splashed and hissed, the only sound except for the crackle of burning wood. The flames cast their wavering light over the meneers, making the stones appear to move out of their centuries-old alignment, to sway and tremble like ghosts in the night. So this book starts off in France in 1821 and gives us the story for each witch in the Orkiers line and how they fight to keep the craft alive within their bloodline. A major theme within the book is lineage within the family and the sacrifices each generation makes for the next. So some witches in the line you will like, a couple not so much, but overall they are all really strong. 
The book is rich in history and cultural detail about the time periods. And usually I'm not a fan of historical fiction, but this wasn't lost on me. It wasn't too overwhelming. And although the book is fairly chunky, it is easy to read. I'm not a fan of overcomplicated fiction. I say that with a love of Charles Dickens, although that is a real one-off. So parts of the book I loved were all about the family grimoire that gets handed down, the witches' familiars and how they come into their lives, the scrying crystal that is passed from witch to witch. And my favourite part is early on in the book when they are living on Orchard Farm, which is in Cornwall, working the land, the description of the cottage, working on the farmer's market, it's all really interesting. But for me, I just got a bit nostalgic because my grandparents lived in Cornwall. So when I visualised the house in my mind, it was my nan and granddad's cottage. They lived in Bodmin in Cornwall. One of the witches had a shire horse like my granddad did. And in the book, she sets off across the moors, same as my granddad used to on his horse lady to get to the pub in Blislands. The entire book is set all over location-wise. We see the family line dirt poor through to having ties to royalty. Overall, an absolutely beautiful book, one that has fast become one of my favourite fictional witchcraft books. So join me in part two to talk all about the liminal space between shadow work and moving forward with your life. Welcome back. So I was overwhelmed with the lovely feedback I received for the shadow work episode on the podcast. I thought it'd be worthwhile following up on that episode to give you an idea of some of the follow on work that I did and some other tools that I feel might be of help. One thing I believe before the shadow work that was holding me back for a while from manifesting anything new was that I was holding on to so much baggage from the past. So today's episode just really gives you some of the rituals I worked on during and after the shadow work that have helped me to move forward. It's also a little sneak peek into some of the content from my book that's coming out next spring. My book will be all about weaving healing into your craft and it focuses a lot on shadow work, dark night of the soul, more about that later. But anyway, healing can be an incredibly crooked path it's never a linear process. And if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you'll have seen my own confession that after doing the shadow work episode and on my own shadow work, I really fell off mental health wise. But I find this is often the way with my mental health that I usually have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. If you are yet to embark on your shadow work, you may find today's episode, especially the witch's toolbox, an incredible resource to have on standby whilst you do the work. So around a year ago, I put together my own witch's toolbox. Now, this is a collection of resources that I could turn to when I was feeling overwhelmed. And this was in recovery from alcoholism and generally working on my mental health. So I made up a physical box which contained items such as like a decadent bubble bath, I had bath bombs in there, face masks, a candle, books that I find cozy and comforting. So when I find myself in need, you can basically go all out and the aim is for this box to shift your mental state. 
You may have come across these boxes named as self-care or self-soothe boxes. And although they sound fluffy, I know many serious addicts who have found this an integral part of their recovery. They can be a great part of your battalion for any form of healing. The actual task of like curating my witch's toolbox was delicious because it got me considering my new life away from addiction. So money I usually spent on alcohol was being spent on bath bombs, books, candles, little luxuries to add to my box. I just started daydreaming over who this future me was. So I just envisioned like this goddess who was emerging from the old life, who could open this box and self-soothe and give herself the love she needed instead of turning to my old toxic tools. But it also gets you contemplating what you actually love and what makes you happy. And if there's one thing I've realized, it is always the little things in life that make me happy and are not to be underestimated. Self-soothe boxes can contain anything you like, a candle, essential oils. So you can take the time to consider what scents actually do calm you or bring you joy or make you happy. Your favorite bubble bath, shower gel or bath bomb, favorite books that offer comfort. So mine are Women Who Run With The Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, Romancing the Ordinary by Sarah Van Brefnick, and also Seasons of the Moon and Flame by Danielle Dolsky. All three books focus on the world within, the bones of our gritty, deep feelings, but they're also comfortingly reassuring that we are all whole just as we are. You may wish to add things like incense sticks that you can burn, rose incense sticks are my go-to for troubled times. You might want to add a comforting blanket or jumper. You might even have like an ancestral blanket or a piece of clothing that has been passed down to you or has meaning to you. You might wish to add a journal within your box if you feel compelled to write out all that's heavy on your heart. But just remember, we are opening this box to feel better. So if writing about it will take you back, it's best avoided until you're feeling a bit better. You might want to add some treats that you love, perhaps some sweets or your favorite chocolate bar, maybe some decadent tea that you love, like Earl Grey, rose tea, whatever your preference. You might have like a cup and saucer that belonged to your great grandmother or that you picked up secondhand, or you might want to go and find one that you can add to the box and you dig it out and use it for times such as now. You might wish to add a sensuous body lotion or face mask, perhaps some crystals. So you might have some crystals that you've already cast intentions upon for times like these. My go-to crystals when I need to self-soothe are I've got a chunk of beautiful rose quartz for self-love and a smoky quartz, which is great for addiction recovery and banishing negative thoughts. You may want to create and add to your box a list of things to do, watch or listen to that you know bring you to a calm place. So perhaps some films you can easily access when needed. I try to keep it safe in terms of what I'll watch. So films that won't trigger me in any way, like some of my go-tos are really simple, like Harry Potter, Hocus Pocus, Gilmore Girls, 
Practical Magic, The Good Witch, programs and films that my inner child will be really happy to watch. Some really beautiful YouTube accounts for pure escapism that I love are Going Coleco for Simplistic Country Living, Northern Heart, which is a beautiful account of a lady who lives on the land in Sweden, and Goodnight Moon, which is the most amazing ASMR witchy videos ever. They have the most amazing sets. Take it from someone who is not an ASMR fan, pure Harry Potter vibes. So a brilliant meditation that really comforts me is on an account on YouTube called Healing Word Witch Yoga. She has an amazing 25-minute autumn witch walk guided meditation. I will share this where I can on Facebook and Instagram along with an outline of the accounts that I've mentioned. You might have music that makes you feel better too. I have to be really careful with what I listen to as I can tend to like overanalyze the lyrics and get overly emotional when I am already emotional. You might want to add a list of important numbers to your witch's toolbox of people that you can call. So perhaps a family member or a friend. You might be in recovery and have a, like a sponsor for AA, NA or OA that you can reach out to. So perhaps you have some cherished letters that you can add to your box from family members or friends that will cheer you up, but obviously make sure they will improve your mood, not set you back. My most precious letter I ever received was from my grandma Rose, who lived to the age of 100 years old. She had life figured out my nan, like she baked and tended her garden to make her happy. She was minimalist before it was a thing. She was just a curator of the simple life and it seemed to work. And she was the happiest person I have ever known. Once when I was feeling a bit out of sorts years ago, she wrote and sent me a letter in her curly old lady writing out of the blue. Anyway, in the letter, she told me that whenever she felt out of sorts, she would tidy and clean her home and that would make her feel all was right with the world. So Nanny Rose had a point that I'm sure all house switches will agree on. A good cleaning session can completely transform that energy within both you and your environment and is not to be underestimated. And it is also shown to help with anxiety and depression. If you are feeling full of anxious energy, but that you need to do something, cleaning your home could be a brilliant way to get back on track. But obviously, this is entirely based on how you feel when you are at a low. Sometimes for me, I will just tackle some cleaning for an hour. So I often find that once I've lit a candle and, you know, I can smell fresh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Washing and my music is on, my mood starts to shift and I'm burning up that anxious energy that's eating me alive. I then find myself tired, but happily sitting in a fresh and clean home hours later. And the message in that letter still stays with me. But don't get me wrong, there are some times when I'm feeling down and there is no way that I want to start cleaning. So, you know, do what feels right for you. So I thought I'd talk you through a healing ritual that I worked on to firstly cast intention on my crystals to help me with my healing process, to call upon my deities to ask them to help me within the process, but also to write a bit of a love letter to myself that I could read within my witch's toolbox. So tools that you will need. So a pink candle for self-love, nurturing, compassion, a yellow candle for happiness, healing for the mind and body, self-confidence and self-esteem. As ever, if you don't have colored candles to hand, white candles are neutral, can be used for anything at all. So use those, it's absolutely fine. Any crystals you wish to use throughout your healing process. So you may want to examine their specific properties just to ensure they match to what you need to call on them for. But again, entirely up to you. If they're special to you and you want to use those throughout your healing process, go for it. My go-to crystals are rose quartz for self-love and inner healing, moonstone for calming any chaotic energy and managing stress, smoky quartz for neutralizing negative emotions, removing fear, lifting depression and negative thoughts. It also brings emotional calmness and helps with stress and anxiety. So a sage bundle or incense, whatever you use to smoke cleanse, have that at hand. Sheets of plain paper and a pen. If you work with deities or your ancestors, you may wish to have an offering or libation roll ready to leave following your work. So place your candles in front of you within your circle. As you light your pink candle, say, I light this candle in honor of the self-love I hold for myself and I am tending to throughout my healing journey. I am worthy and deserving of love and healing and I am stepping into my highest self and power to move forward along my path. I hold only good intentions for myself going forward, so mote it be. Now feel free to craft your intention statement however it resounds with you most. This has to come from your heart. Now light your yellow candle and say, I light this candle in honor of the confidence I possess, draw upon and build to improve my self-esteem and self-love. Make this candle light the way for me towards happiness, courage and healing, so mote it be. If you work with your deities or ancestors, you may wish to call upon them in however you see fit. For example, I call to Hecate and the Morrigan and I put together the following invocation. 
So Hecate, queen of witchcraft, I ask if you will help me on my new journey and shine your light in your role as torchbearer for me to see my way forward on my healing journey. Guide me from this liminal space I find myself in now between my current circumstances and the new life I wish to step into. Morrigan, great queen, I ask if you will help me forward on my new path and help me invoke the courage and strength akin to yours to transform my life and to be victorious in taking action and confronting my fears to move forward. So after calling upon your deities, your ancestors, take a few moments in silence or perhaps meditation to listen to any messages or guidance that you may receive. And you may be surprised at what comes up in these moments. I regularly have sparks of inspiration or solutions come up in communion with my deities. Once you feel inspired, take your pen and paper. So you want to begin to channel the energy you have raised and hopefully your deities too. Write yourself a letter addressing it to yourself and begin to outline only the good that you see within you. Now, this might be tricky if you're struggling on the self-worth front, but dig deep. And again, make sure that you're in a really good high, like a really good mood when you come to doing this ritual. So consider things you are good at, what you like about your personality, achievements that you are proud of, compliments that you may have received that you adore. But ensure you address your letter as if you are actually writing to yourself. So this letter is important and you need to consider that the words imparted are those that you will wish to hear in your dark times. So ensure you are as loving, kind, as compassionate as you can be. You want this letter to make you feel seen, loved and cared for. You might want to reassure future you that you won't give up on your healing journey. You know it feels tough right now or in that in this moment you might feel you've gone backwards but this is part of the process, but you are so strong and you can do this. Once you feel you've added everything you wish to impart in your letter, fold it up and put it to one side, ready to be put into your witch's toolbox following the ritual. So you now want to take your crystal or crystals as we are going to lay an intention on them. So these will act as your comfort blanket throughout your healing process. So start by smoke cleansing your crystals using your preferred method, be it sage or incense or whatever you use. You can use one or as many crystals as you choose for this. And I settled on using two. So sit with your crystal in your dominant magic hand. You may wish to meditate upon your crystal or focus your gaze upon it. Now decide the gift this crystal is going to bring to you going forward in your healing process. So will it be serenity, reassurance when things get tough? Don't overthink it too much, but just consider a couple of words of how this crystal will help or make you feel. So to cast that intention upon your crystal, you might opt to say a few words over it. For example, Rose quartz, I ask that you hold for me self-love and compassion. Or moonstone, I ask that you bring me calming energy in chaotic times. Based upon the properties of your specific crystals, adjust this accordingly. And if you don't feel connected to your crystal for this intention immediately, don't panic. 
you will be building a relationship with your crystal following this ritual, which I'll come to shortly. So once you've worked your way through your crystals, giving each an intention, begin to start closing your circle. So thank your deities or ancestors if you work with them for spending time with you and for their help going forward. Ensure you leave any offerings or a libation bowl upon your altar for them. You can now add your carefully crafted letter of love to yourself to your witch's toolbox for when your future self truly needs it. In respect of your crystals, I recommend you keep these on you at all times throughout your healing journey. So keep them in your bra, in your boxer shorts, your handbag, in your pocket, wallet, place them at the side of your bath or shower when you bathe. Most importantly, sleep with them under your pillow for a good couple of weeks and leave them next to your bed each night. Hold them when you feel disempowered, when you feel fired up or have achieved something along your journey. I cannot tell you how reassuring I found it to add crystals to my hand, especially if I'm out and about and something knocks me off course or triggers me. It reconnects me to my pledge to my healing process, solidifies to me that there are good and bad days along the process, but that I've made this promise to myself to work on my healing process come what may. I can also connect through this with my deities who were present with me in that magical moment of calling upon their guidance and support. So following on from a lot of shadow work that I did, I started to emerge from an emotional rut. This has led me to consider new beginnings. I believe it's hard to manifest in you when you are stuck in the quicksand of the past. Working on shadow work, I came across many journaling points and the main part of my own shadow work was to unravel all that had hurt me during my lifetime, issues I needed to face through writing it out. So I did work on some journaling during that process. However, I found it more beneficial in the liminal space I find myself in following shadow work to start it now as I sit in between the old and the new. So I'm just going to give you a rundown of some of the questions that I created and focused on. This worked for me. However, give yourself as much time as you need following shadow work to heal. There is no rush on the healing process. This episode is here for you when you need it, when you are ready. I just felt it right for me to create some new goals to focus on and things to look forward to. So here are the specific journaling points I used. So what do I want from this season? Any goals I want to work towards or complete either physically, mentally or spiritually? So you may want to craft a dream day journal entry so where you write your dream day out as colourful, bright and big as you want it to be. Don't consider the hows in relation to how it will happen. I wrote mine in the present. For example, I'm living in my beautiful cottage in the countryside and I can hear my chickens clucking in the garden. Go all in, like get excited about how it looks, how does it feel, what's your environment, who is with you. What action could I take today, this week, this month, this season towards this dream life? What might I need to do less of in my life for this to happen? What or who do I need to remove from my life to live my dream life? 
What do I need to do more of? Who do I need to spend more time with to help me towards my dream life? What spell work could I work on to work towards my goals? What new or full moon rituals could I work on to bring or release things from and into my life? What limiting beliefs do I hold that I need to work on to work towards my dream life? What positive traits do I already possess that will help me make my dreams come true? What deities might I want to work with to help me move forward? How can I work with my existing deities in relation to this transition? So what external support might I need to seek? Are there any support groups such as AA, NA, OA? Or do I need to start working with a counsellor or a life coach? Should I discuss and seek support from perhaps friends or family? So that brings us to the end of today's episode. And I certainly hope that some of those pointers help you if you're embarking on your own shadow work. So before I go, as ever, overwhelmed, I love some of the reviews I've had through. Honestly, every time I get one through, you don't know how happy it makes me. And I just want to say thank you. So if you have left me a review recently, I'm so grateful. If you listen to the show and you're happy to leave a review, I'd be really grateful because it means that more people are able to find the show. And I'd love to do this as a full-time thing. This would be the dream. So, you know, if you are happy to leave me a review, you're certainly helping me towards my own goals following on from my shadow work. But anyway, just, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for your reviews. It is so appreciated. You can also find me on so Facebook, The White Witch Company, catch me over on Instagram at The White Witch Company. If you want to sign up for the newsletter or the Literary Witches Coven, the book club, then come on over to my website, www.thewhitewitchcompany.co.uk. Join me soon for the Mabon episode and then October is going to be all things Sowam. Other than that, have a great week, witches. I will catch up with you soon. Sending you lots of witchy love. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.